What's up, everyone? Um, this is the first podcast of Flavor of Apple, uh, brought to you by Apple Esports. I have Ayasumi here uh, from Deja Vu, right? Deja Vu. Deja Vu, yeah. Um, yeah, Deja Vu. Yeah, cool. DJB. There you go. That's easier. Um, I want to thank uh, the Apple sponsors, first of all. We got Sword Dog, got this amazing jersey from them. Uh, amazing quality. I know that the DJB also makes amazing merch as well. Uh, Thank you. Um, as well as glitch, glitch, yes. Um, uh, also, Slap City uh, partner. So go also, download Slap City. Are you also with Gamer Soap? No, we are not. Oh, okay, we are not with Gamer Soap. But um, I guess let's first introduce you. And your organization, who you are, what you do, for DJB and etc. I am Oyasumi. Uh, I have gone by many names, too many names. I have a bad habit of changing it every couple months because I'm indecisive. Uh, I am the co-owner and basically the main dude that runs DJB. I've been doing this for about three years now. I've been involved in esports for going on 11 years now because I'm all the shit. But... Yeah, so I just run DJB, which a lot of people in New England know as the the Weeb organization. Makes yeah, that's a pretty good description. Um, um, most people already know me, of course. I'm just gonna introduce myself for people that are not from Apple. Um, I'm the owner, founder, CEO of Apple Esports. Uh, we also have Brian and ones that people may know as well. Um, we all kind of split it. We have different jobs in Apple. Um, Apple was made around oh, actually two days from now. We're actually recording it on for this podcast on um, March 5th. So our 10 month anniversary is in two days. So that's going to be very, very scary kind of because it's almost we're hitting that one year mark soon. But very exciting for sure. Yeah, once you hit that one-year mark, your honeymoon phase ends, and you got to start being more serious. Exactly, yeah, because we that, we already filed our LLC, actually, our limited liability company, for anyone who doesn't know, yeah. business, a couple of days ago um, in the state of amazing New Jersey in Tri-State. Um, so that should be coming very soon, you know, before one-year mark, getting those contracts out is um, very fun, for sure. Because we have to yeah. pick it, we have to pick and choose who we want to contract. And now, right? and now you gotta you gotta file business taxes too. Oh yeah, that too, that too, yes. And then you gotta send out ten ninety nines to people you pay over a certain amount, dude. It's exciting. It's, it's so much fun. It's a lot of work too. <laughs> it's it's the best part of running an org. It's it's the part that everybody hates you for. And a lot of people don't even know that esports orgs actually LLCs and stuff. People just think since the industry is so new, kind of, uh, that we're not actually like real businesses, but we are. Yeah. Um. Back when I was first in esports, back in like 2011, 2010, when it was relatively new. Uh. Ev- actually, every every organization that I had worked for or played for at the time was an LLC. Uh, and they were usually LLCs in areas where there was no, like, income tax or anything like that, like Vegas or Texas, and 
they would just get away with, you know, not having to file anything. It was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, nowadays there's since there's so many orgs that pop up here and there. Yeah. Uh, most of them don't. I mean, they don't. They die before they file. Dude, at, that actually that's like dying before they even get big is such a massive thing in esports because I've known so many orgs and I've worked in many orgs that you know that are not alive more than I'd say four months. You know. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. Making it past that half year mark, I think, is how you know that the org is not only legit legitimate, but when they file that LLC, it makes it even more legitimate. You know, you can give those contracts out and stuff. Yeah, because DJB filed its LLC after the first year, I believe, because we wanted to make sure that it would actually stick around. Because um, we're registered in California, and business taxes out there are very expensive. That is a bad state to file. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. But that's where we're from. It's born and raised yep. in San Diego, so that's where we had to file. Uh, but yeah, we we waited about a year. Uh, we made sure that the the organization was going to stick around because when we the day that we launched, which was February fourteenth, twenty nineteen, so Valentine's Day, twenty nineteen. We broke like 350 followers on the first day. Dang. And even with that, we were very unsure if it was going to stick around, if people would actually want to hang out for a year. And once we hit our first birthday, we we went into the to the offices and we registered. And you know now we're paying absurd business taxes to keep this brand alive. Yeah. But thankfully with the support of our fans and followers the sales of merchandise have helped us uh break even so that we can pay our taxes now you can even file online i think that's what we did so yeah that's that's what we do now yeah the the issue now though is that we also have so we have our business tax our business license tax and then we have our income tax from selling merchandise so we have to make sure that from our merchandise sales, everything breaks even off of those two, those two taxes. Yep, for sure. Um, well, I guess since we were talking about you know generational kind of stuff, maybe we should talk about because you're 27 and I'm yes. 17, so it's kind of one generation, like 10 years. That's yeah, I'm, I'm a millennial. You're a Zoomer. Yeah. You I, you grew up playing Fortnite on your iPad? No, I I did not ever play Fortnite actually, but maybe once on my computer, but not my iPad. No, my generation grew up with a Nintendo sixty four. Uh, we were, I think, my first game was like Black Ops two on the PS three. Jesus Christ! So <laughs> I was in high school playing that game, dude. I was in like seventh or like sixth or something i was too young to play that game but i'd play i mean isn't that how it always starts your parents get you like grand theft auto when you're like eight. Oh no for sure dude like i i remember coming home from school like middle school and then just hopping on on black ops 2 and just quit scoping everyone or trick shotting in black ops 2 when phase was a massive org <laughs> yeah so when i was playing call of duty i was that age too um and Optic at the time, Optic was like the esports brand, and then Phase was the Sniping Clan, and I think Soar 
was relatively popular around that time too. It was before they got into esports and they were mostly focused on sniping. But I remember being in like eighth grade and I wanted so badly to be in one of these sniping clans, but I was so bad at it. Yeah. Like I was uh, good at like the actual game. But when it came to like, oh, quick scopes only uh, with the intervention on Rust, I was terrible. Oh, I was a beast at quick scoping. Like, I would be quick scoping on Nuketown all day. I'm like, or like Raid or something. Like any of those maps. Like, it was it was a good time. I was pretty bad at the competitive game. Was Machinima respawn around when you were playing Call of Duty? Uh, I don't know. With uh, C-Nanners, uh, Hutch, and Mr. Sark? Uh, I, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I, I was there. I was kicking during the rise and fall of that era of, like, Call of Duty content. Mm-hmm. So that, that, should, that should put an age, a very nice age on how long I've been doing this. I was actually also a big Minecraft kid for sure, too. That's kind of how I got my name, actually. Um, like, APO plays is... The APL is my, like, first, middle, last name, initials, right? And then yeah. plays is from a Minecraft YouTuber, Preston Plays. Or, right now, I think he's TBR, TBNR Frags right now, I think. Interesting like change. But, yeah, he... Yeah, I watched him basically all day. So, that that's kind of where I got my name. I don't know about you, but... So my name has changed more times than I can count. Uh, right now, Oyasumi is an inside joke because uh, I play a lot of competitive card games, and sometimes those games go late. And at my age, uh, this isn't serious, uh, you tend to fall asleep early. So <laughs> there have been a couple instances where I have fallen asleep at my locals and have missed my round. Ah, that's bad. Yeah, so that is the inside joke behind the name. But for about four years, I went by Oceans. Um, But people kept missing the S in Oceans and kept calling me Ocean. Mm -hmm. And that got really annoying, uh, having to deal with that for four years. Um, I've changed my name a couple of other times to things that haven't stuck. Um... You know, usually for like two months, and then I just go back to oceans because I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I, so when I first got into esports, um, I started off playing. It's a very strange game, and most people have probably never heard of it. It's called Brick Force. It was a very short-lived game. Uh, it was uh, like Minecraft meets Counter Strike. Huh. And that was on ESL. It was on EU-only servers because the game was developed by Germans. So I had to play on EU servers, and I competed on that when I was about 15. So that was about 12 years ago, almost 13 now. Um, So yeah, I was on the, the ESL ladder for that game. I went by Deal With It. Because that was a very funny meme at the time. The dog with the sunglasses and said deal with it. Um, and then I played uh, another game when Brickforce died. I played a game called Infinite Crisis. Which was the DC Universe equivalent of like League of Legends. Uh, that game didn't last very long either. That game only lasted about maybe a year. 
Uh, and then after that, I started playing Smite. I played for an organization called Dirtnap Gaming uh, under the same name as Deal With It. And then after Smite got to the point where bigger organizations came in, like TSM, Cloud9, Dignitas, uh, I quit because I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it in here. Yeah. Um, I was a good coach. I was a terrible player. Um, I've always known what to do and how to do it, but you I could never do actually it. do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then I switched to Melee, playing locals in my hometown. Uh, I was a Link main, and I went under the name Sword. And then I moved to Colorado, uh, started working in esports instead of playing. Uh, I got my first job as a social media manager for Mortality Esports, which at the time housed uh, Axe, who is now on Tempo Storm, and Chudat, who is now on Team Liquid. So I was there for a while, and that's kind of when I saw esports really start to grow, was around 2015. Mm -hmm. So it's been seven years now. And esports is finally at a point where, you know, things are franchised. There's huge sponsors like you have Mercedes Benz, you have Toyota, you have MasterCard and Visa. Like when I first got into it, that stuff was unimaginable. The coolest sponsor was G Fuel. Yeah, well, G Fuel still is a big sponsor. Like they sponsor, I'm pretty sure, like Phase and those big names oh, yeah. in esports. So. Oh yeah, they they were the title sponsors back then, and if you had a G Fuel sponsor, dude, you were you were in. You were the coolest yeah. org in the business. That's no, we. I think every org or content creator hopes to get sponsored by G Fuel. That's kind of like the biggest name in esports for sponsors. I would say, especially for energy drinks. Yeah, and uh, Scuff Scuff was a big one at the time too. Yeah, I think they have it, an affiliate ship though, right? Yeah. And if you weren't on one of those, then you're usually on one of the smaller brands. Um, I think Rogue Energy was one of them back <laughs> then. And Cinch Controllers. Cinch yeah. was like the step below Scuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been it's been a wild ride. I honestly never thought I'd stick in, in this industry for that long. I thought I would have gotten kicked out by the time I was like 23. Is... Been like, oh, you're too old, go away. There's a lot of... I don't think you can be too old or kind of too young, right? But I definitely don't think you can be too young. But I think as a player, depending on the game at least, you can, you definitely can be, too, be old. too old. Yeah, no, I've heard that for sure. Um, I think that's a good segue to... Uh, because people talk to, to sponsors, right? Or they want to get sponsors for the stream or new organizations want to get new sponsors or anything like that. So... There is a, there's ways to talk to sponsors and there's ways to not talk to sponsors. Oh yeah. So well, so in my experience, the big dilemma with that is the personality of the sponsor. So say you're talking to G Fuel, right? You have to be professional, but you have to show your you have to show them that you're like a gamer, right? Like you have to show them that you're fucking sick at your game and you've got all these fans that'll use your code. So you have to be friendly with them as well as professional, which can be kind of difficult. Uh, but then you have other brands like you know if you're going to like Razer or Steel Series, you just have to be purely professional. Yeah. You can't goof around. 
Uh, Gamer Subs is another prime example of like their owner just likes to have fun. Their owner is a prime example of somebody who is in this industry because he just enjoys it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like the profits are probably great. He probably loves those. I'm not going to oh, say he, he doesn't. I bet they have amazing profits. I think any, any energy drink company has amazing profits. Oh, yeah. Even, but you even can tell like merch too. Oh, yeah. You could tell the dude from Gamer Subs is just loving what he's doing though. Like the people he gets to talk with. You know, the people he gets to work with, it's probably like when you talk to people like that, you have to be friends with them for them to be interested. Yeah. So, like, it really depends on who you're trying to get sponsored by. And I think it also matters a lot. You need to have contacts in the esports industry. Oh, 100%. If you do not have contacts or like friends that can like talk to people, uh, for you, I, it's going to be very, very hard for you to get anywhere. Yeah, if you don't have somebody that knows somebody, then it's it'll probably be game over by, like, year two. Yeah. Like, you have to start building your contact list, like, right when you get in the industry. Oh, yeah. You yeah. have to... It's just... It's it's strange, though, because if you if you try too hard to gain contacts, then they lose interest. No. So, like, you have to find that happy medium of, like, hey, we should be friends, but also let me abuse the hell out of the fact that you know all these people. <laughs> exactly, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but, like, I've always found that kind of difficult, especially, like, I mean, nowadays, some of the contacts that I made back in the day just aren't around anymore. They've either been kicked out of esports for being bad people, or they just retired. Yeah, that's... and. The bad thing about, I guess, getting too old. Sadly. Well, I mean, it's esports is an industry. Interest. Yeah, esports is an industry that's always changing. Um, people constantly have that stigma of like we need to compare it to real sports. Yeah, which I don't believe in because esports has and survives off of grassroots, right? Mm-hmm. Like organizations like ours exist because of grassroots. Exactly. And people and players, whether they're content creators or they're Smash players or they're Slap City players, whatever, they are able to move up because of organizations like ours that started with grassroots. Traditional sports don't have grassroots anymore because those sports have been around for like 200 years. Yeah, it's like. Like the first, like the MLB, right? Like the first professional baseball league started in, in the late 1800s. You know, same with the NHL. Like, some of the original teams started in, like, 1890. Yeah, and right? It's been around forever. Esports is very new. Like, I would say, what, the past 10 years, maybe 15 years, right? So, esports, when I first got into it, was hitting around its 10-year anniversary mark. Because Team Liquid was... Team Liquid and Evil Geniuses, like, Fnatic, brands like that, have been around for about... Around 2010, they were around for about 10, you know, 8 to 10 years. Uh, there were organizations that came up before that, like Complexity, right? Complexity started yeah. in like 2005, I think, or 2003. Yeah. Um, but they started off in one of the Counter-Strike Source Leagues. And Counter-Strike Source is a pretty old game. That's a- yeah, and then 1.6 as well. There were organizations in 1.6. There were also organizations for the original Dota, uh, for Warcraft 3, for the original StarCraft. Like, 
esports has been around for a while. Um, it was always bigger in Korea, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you had major sponsors in Korea, and then that eventually kind of trickled down into North America and Europe and South America, so on and so on. So, like, esports itself has probably been around for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like, 25 compared to, like, the 100 or 150 years that some other yeah. sports, like, that 25 years is nothing. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing to take into consideration, too, is like, so if you go back to the NFL, right? You know, the team, the players that played on like the Packers back in the day, you know, or the Browns or whatever, you know, the Cardinals, the St. back when they were the St. Louis Cardinals, they, they were like farmers and like people that worked in like steel mills and stuff like that. They, they were making like 15 cents a game, yeah. which, you know, maybe equivalent now is probably like 10 bucks, but, or I don't know, inflation prices, somebody can correct me, but like they were playing for next to nothing. And it was just the glory of it. Yeah, that was, you know, almost 100 years ago. But that's how everything kind of starts. Like, you need to start at the bottom and work your way up. And yeah, it sucks that you're not going to get a whole lot. But most of these brands don't have a whole lot to begin with. So, like, you know, it's the gra- like the grassroots now. We don't have a we have a collegiate scene, but we don't have drafts, right? Yeah, not we don't have drafts like uh, like football, for example, or like the MLB, right? But we yeah. have we we kind of call it differently. Not not really even it's not the same thing. But we can like recruit players, right? Yeah, you can. So. Recruiting is a lot different than drafting, though. And you know we don't have like minor league systems. Like the MLB does or the NHL does. Yeah, I think it's just collegiate, and then it's basically what we have. Like our orgs are like the the pro level, I guess you can say. Yeah, and you know, hopefully, you make it to a franchise organization and you know, league or something or Overwatch, depending on what game you're playing. But like, we don't we don't have that sort of foundation that traditional sports has, where we can justify, you know getting rid of grassroots which is a very common argument i see is that we need to stick with like professional only organizations and at that point you just you don't even have esports like that's the one thing that i think growing up in esports i think we always need grassroots well in my generation we already have those grassroots so well, yeah, I mean, we, my generation created those grassroots. Yeah, so I thank your generation for making that so we have it easier now, I guess you can say. Even though we have to kind of grow our own org yeah. with social media or what, whatever uh, way you want to grow your org, you know. When we started, we grew... Actually, when we started Apple, we... You know, we had a we made our Discord, Twitter first, right? Our first two social medias. And how did we put? I'm trying to remember. It was ten months ago, basically. We really pushed on Twitter, and since me and Brian kind of merged, because I wanted to make my own work, and Brian already had one. So when we merged, we kind of already had a starting roster, I guess, for Smash. You can say in content creators, yeah. which really helped because. Those people told their friends, their friends told other friends, and it just kept spreading and spreading. But 
with that, of course, you know, we made mistakes at the beginning of Apple. Like, like basically every to. org does, you know. Yep. Um, like, for I'd example... Huh? I'd be impressed if you yeah, didn't. If, no, if, literally, if anyone says they haven't made mistakes while, while owning an org, that, that's such a lie. It's their yeah. line. That's just how it is. Like they're for, keeping it private. They're not telling anybody, but you know for a fact that there's something. You got to learn from your mistakes. That's kind of, that's how you learn to get better, is learning from your mistakes. Learning from your wins, right? Is It can help you, but just learning from your mistakes is, is going to help you even more than that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been doing DJV for three years, and I still make mistakes. It's, it's too easy. It's way too easy to make mistakes. Yeah, we're all human, so mistakes are going to happen, but... You should take those mistakes and learn what you did and never do it ever again. <laughs> but yeah. you'll still probably find something to do wrong. Okay. Um, You're probably going to make that mistake again like six months down the road and not realize it. Yeah. Like for, it's going to be so subtle. For example, right? Like with Apple. Um, basically, everyone knows. Like we, we bought our Twitter account, right? And... Yeah. We were stupid enough to not look at the analytics of the Twitter account, which everyone should if you're going to buy one, because you, if you look at the analytics, it's just, it's obvious. It, it was botted before we even bought it, and yeah. it's basically a fake account, and we didn't even know that, and then it just brought tons of controversy. You know, there's people saying that Apple win, go past three months, it's a fake sponsor, fake org and all that and yeah, we, i remember that yeah that was it was a bad time basically every org was coming out of our neck publicly saying stuff it, it was i don't know why they did because it kind of made them look bad so know? it's it's purely just trying to get rid of competition right oh i know for sure and when i look back at it and look at the orgs that actually have like said that like all that and you know all that stuff it's like where are you compared to us right now that's yeah. kind of that's kind of how i make myself feel better because i i'm proud of where we started uh where we're at now you know how we have grown i think we have gained some crazy amount like 350 followers in the past month or something something like that i, mean, I don't know the exact have, analytic but you have jake and syrup now and you got some incredibly like good names and talented names on your on your roster. Pape, yeah, yeah. Everyone. Um, no, that's definitely a lot of work. They don't. The interesting thing about Smash Bros, right? Because you know you would think that oh, Pape, Jay, Kirash, Jay, Jaw, Jaws. You know all those people are. You know they have contracts, right? They're, but they aren't contracted they will be soon of course i hope yeah. but now that, now that you're registered it's exactly easier to well them. we aren't completely registered we, we're still waiting on the acceptance from hey, the you gotta, state, get, you gotta get that book too that's got your name on it exactly oh it's gonna be a good site but um no but like smash players they don't really like want the contracts i guess in my experience so yeah, because these so people are high levels, but I, I, I'm like hundred percent like people from Armada. They had contracts. I know for sure because 
we have a couple of content creators from Armada. Rip Armada, by the way. Armada was, yeah, was amazing. Whole, I was there for a whole two months. They they were amazing. Um, people, some people hated on them. I don't know why. Um, I mean, you go hate on every team. Yeah, there's there's you're, if you don't get hate, I don't know. I I I would be very surprised. There there's haters everywhere. Like I search up Apple Esports on Twitter still, even when we have all these good players and have solidified, I would think ourselves in the Smash scene. Like oh, there's yeah, still definitely. there's still people hating. I'm like oh, okay, yeah. I just brush it off at this point, you know. Well, they're always gonna find something that they don't like, right? Whether it's they don't like your branding, whether they don't like you know a streamer or a player you have on your team, they think you have too many people. Sometimes they think you don't have enough. Or if you just turn them down, if yeah. you know they applied and you're like, "Hey, I'm sorry, but you know we don't see this working out," and they're just like, "Cool, well now I hate you," and it's like, "Okay." I think we have like 80 applications or something right now. Yeah, so. we, had, we had 73 something like that to to the academy program. Yeah, and I was just like, "This is why? What? Yeah. Why do you want to apply to our team of all teams? Like, we don't do anything." We just meme. That's <laughs> meme. That actually reminds me. You did say something about your academy team and how it didn't work, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, so... So if you want to explain that, because we actually... Maybe we can all learn something, because, you know, we are starting our ceilings program at Apple Esports. It's basically our academy team. We just call it the ceilings to make it... Yeah. The branding, of course. Ceilings, Apple, you know. But... If you want to explain it, so, you know. I think it depends on the organization itself. So with DJB, uh, one of our biggest critiques was having too many people on the main roster, which was fair. We had 18 I think at one we point, have, I think. Yeah, we, I think we had even more than that, and we have got complaints about that. Yeah. So that's why we kind of made the ceilings program, to cut yeah. down on the main team. But yeah, anyway. So when we started the academy program, uh, we ran off of what what I call a vouch system, where and it's like a, a democratic thing within our organization where everybody gets a say and changes that are being made to the brand. So when I ask people like, hey, are you cool with us starting an academy program? And then you guys get a say with who gets to be on it. They they were all down for it. They loved the idea. Well, I don't know if they loved the idea, but they 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 were okay with the idea. So we started it. We did applications. Uh, we got eight people on it within the first week, and then ironically, one person ended up leaving like three days later because they didn't realize that like it was technically a sponsor. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, I mean, all right, fair. That's weird, but all right, whatever. Uh. And then we slowly added on more people. Um, and I think we had roughly 10 or 11 people on the Academy, which was my fault. That was just way too many. Yeah, I should have stuck with like four at most. Uh, but the, the point of the Academy was to see if people could become marketable. Like, you know, there's people that were incredibly good talents, right? And, you know, they were very good players, but their social media presence was lacking. So. I would, you know, hopefully the plan was to like help them fix their social media to become marketable players. And then if that worked out, they would get promoted. 
the issue is it didn't work out. You know, they would start doing well with their socials for the first like couple weeks, and then it would just go back to normal. Uh, communication was also incredibly rough. Um, you know, they would they would stay in contact with me consistently for a few days, and then I wouldn't hear from them for a month. Uh, or like they would send me a message, I'd reply, and then I want to get a response back. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you can continue this conversation. There's more to it than just what I'm saying. You can ask more questions. Uh, so we ended up closing the the academy program down just because I think in Smash specifically, too many players just want a tag. They want a team to represent, and they don't realize what that means. Yep. So we we kept three people from the academy. We kept a cat named V, who is a melee player from Oregon, uh, and also a friend of mine from another organization I worked for in the past. Uh, we kept Dova Chief, who is a British Guilty Gear Strive player. He, we, I wanted to keep him on purely because, like, he was one of those few cases of people who are like, oh, yeah, joining an organization will motivate me to get better. Right. I normally don't believe that because that was me when I was like 16. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll be super good at this game. I just need a sponsor. It doesn't work that way. But Dova Chief was one of the few examples, like maybe one in a thousand chances of it actually working. Uh, and then we also picked up Elixir, who is a British streamer. He's a speedrunner. And I absolutely love speedrunning. I adore speedrunning. I think it is the most underrated thing in this industry. So he recently got uh, the third best record on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game uh, for GameCube hmm. with Leonardo. And that was a huge achievement, and I was super happy for him. So I wanted him on the team because I, I just I wanted a speedrunner. But uh, I let go of eight players um, when I shut down the academy. Two of them were on the main team. Six of them were on the academy. Um, and it just <laughs> it, it didn't look good, apparently, which is weird because, like, as a business, you have to make cuts. No. no matter what your business is, you could be, you could be Dunder Mifflin, right? You could be a paper company. There's always going to be something that comes up sometime in your business where you have to fire people, yep. and it sucks. Nobody wants to fire anybody. Nobody wants to be fired, but you have to do it. And I will admit that I did, like, kind of hype people up. On the academy, I was like, hey, you're doing really well. If you keep this up, then I can, you know, I'll put you on the main team. But then, like, a month passed and nothing happened. Everything just, you know, kind of shit itself. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to. I To me, I didn't think, you know, I had a word that I needed to keep up with. I didn't, you know, promise anything. I was just letting them know that they were doing well. And as a result, this is what would happen. But it didn't happen. And that's just part of life yeah. it's not even an esports thing it's literally part of life and i i got so much shit for it it was so like i had to i think i publicly apologized about like four times to the point where i was getting text messages from people saying like hey dude it's not your fault you can stop apologizing esports um, is ruthless yeah it's it's incredibly painful um that's why like I'll be honest, I don't recommend most of my friends get involved in it. Like, <laughs> if you can't handle, like, it, it's not even constructive criticism. 
it's just people throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. Like, if they don't like you, they will make it known that they don't like you. They don't even need to have a good reason. And you just have to accept that. You have to deal with it. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't change their mind. Especially so, during COVID. Esports oh, yeah. just blown up. And streaming. Oh, yeah. On yeah, Twitch, streaming, streaming too. Yes. Yeah. I think, like, prices of webcams and, like, any electronic just doubled, I'm pretty sure. Or tripled, even. Oh, yeah. So it, well, I mean, the funny thing about, like, the webcams, too, is that with online schooling... You needed a webcam. Yeah, you needed it. Exactly. So not only did streamers need cameras, but students needed cameras. Yep. So it's like, you were kind of screwed. But yeah, I mean, like, streamers, especially, like, I think streamers get, like, the the shit end of the stick more than anybody, because yeah. they're more out there than anybody else. Sure. But, yeah, like, I think I've only ever released three streamers on my brand um but because usually they just leave on their own yeah usually, that's usually they get better opportunities usually yeah that's just how it like most of the time when people are leaving it's not really you kicking them out it's more like they get better opportunities which is good very yeah. good for them and I, i'm happy that they got a better opportunity but that's kind of why people usually leave yeah um yeah. I think I've I've had a few people that have left DJB in the past because they're like, oh, I got this better offer, and then like three months later, that offer is gone. Yeah. I've and I've like, had those DMs where like people leave Apple, right? Because we're like in a because we've we've had rough patches, like orgs have had rough patches, and oh, yeah. people leave during that. They go to like a different org, and then they and then like. A couple months later, once Apple just blows up, you know, we get Jake or whatever, a big, big player, right? Yeah. We get a big name in the industry. They see that, and they're like, I, I get a DM months later. They're like, oh, I shouldn't have left Apple. This org is not good, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, with our... You, you really got to stick. Like, the thing that... I mean, it's it's up to the player, honestly. Like... I like making friends with my members. I like being friends with the people on my team. It makes, you know, if you have to let them go or they leave, it makes that a lot harder. Yeah. But it makes them staying a lot easier because, you know, say they do get another offer that might not be, you know, it might be like slightly better, but they would most of the time they'd rather stay with their friends than take a slightly better offer that might not go anywhere. Yeah, and I think in the case of Apple, like I've met you, I've met Brian. You know, you guys are honestly very genuine people for your age, which was very surprising. I'm seventeen. I'm, Brian's like what, nineteen or something, twenty yeah. or something like that. Because I, in the years I've worked in esports, most organizations I've worked for, I work for people that are younger than me, yeah. and we do not get along. Like. The the number of times they've told me to do something, and I'm like, hey, this happened at another organization I worked for. It doesn't work, and they just don't believe me. And then I do it, and then it doesn't work, and I get yelled at. Yeah. Like, oh, why didn't it work? I'm like, I don't know, man. I told you. Like most people that are like in their 20s, like their early 20s, like late teens, they don't really know what they're doing. I was pretty impressed by you and Brian, to be honest. By who more? 
Um, well, I've talked to you more, so probably you. Let's go. I've only talked to Brian once. I I interact with him a little bit on Twitter, but I have spoken to you. Brian's a chill dude. Yeah. Uh, like that's that's one of the big I think I mean going back to generational esports, I think like as esports grows, and especially I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna sound like I'm kissing ass, but I think as Apple grows as well, people can definitely look up to you guys. I think you know, that actually reminds me, like I think I've told you before when we first or first VC'd in Discord when you joined, but like um Apple is kinda already making a name because um like our players or content creators, you know, we have merch, we have the jerseys, we have the limited edition merch shop that we put out. Um like people are wearing that in public or like to lands or stuff like that, offlines. People would call it offlines. Oh yeah. Um and people are getting noticed. They're like, yo, Apple is cool, I know who they are, you know, or they talk to our players and it's Sick that's to what see that. makes that's what makes merchandise so nice in this industry. Like when you have just like streetwear clothes, because like that was the big thing with DJB is that when I started DJB, um, I started it because I think like the organization that I was working for was announcing that it was shutting down, and I think within like six months, it was like the third organization that I had worked for that had shut down. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm starting my own team. I've been in this industry long enough. I think I could justify it. And the one thing that I noticed this industry was missing was merchandise. You know, just stuff you could wear out in public. So, like, when I created DJB, I put out merchandise that people could wear out in public. And it's nice. It's really nice, honestly, to see other teams do that. Because I love the Apple Limited drop. I think it's very clean. It doesn't scream esports. It just screams streetwear. Something you can wear out, and if yeah. somebody sees Apple, they're like, "Oh, I know Apple." It doesn't like even have. Say, I know TJV. I don't think it even has the the word esports, and I think it's just Apple on the front. Yeah, it just says so, Apple. Like that was kind of the goal with it. You know, we we paid the designer, and he did an amazing job. Um, and it was, I would say, it was it was a success. You know, people are loving it. Oh, it's good quality. Um. Sales were good, I would say, for you know the size that we were when we did that, and like the community and the amount of fans that we had. I think it was a big success. And if if we did one again, like now, even if it was the same design, like for example, if we did it again, I think we would be selling a lot more because yeah, I think our fan community, especially picking up these big players. Um, and streamers, I think that our fan base has increased a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. I think if you were to do another drop, uh, I think you do need to promote it a little bit more because yeah. I had to scroll down quite a bit to find this drop. Well, this was um, a long time ago. Like when we first dropped it, we were promoting the heck out of it. So yeah. So I think if you could send merchandise to like Jake and Syrup and Puppe. And just have them take pictures of it and then have them tweet it with the link. I think you would sell like hotcakes, dude. Yeah. Like that would be insane. Everybody would want one. Well, we didn't have syrup back in the day. 
Oh yeah, but and now Pape, you do. Pape you is like... very interesting. Like a lot of players are very shy. A lot of people don't talk. Like we sponsor some players that just don't talk to other Apple people, which is fine because you know they're massive names in the community. They do very, 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 very well. But they're just players that don't talk, which is you know it sucks, but it kind of makes sense. I think Smash is the game where you know some people are just very. I wouldn't say awkward, but they're just not talkative people. But, Converted. Yeah. Which I, is funny because then they go to events with like a thousand plus people. Yeah, I've been to one offline event here in Chicago in Illinois. Um, it was, uh, some people might know if some Chicago people were player, uh, people are watching um, Ignition. Um, I think I had around maybe 80 people. That's kind of where I've actually found uh, a player that I actually talk to quite a bit now. Um, but no, like they were, they were shy. No one was talking unless you had like very, very close friends that you've known for a very long time. Yeah. Like everybody kind of keeps to their circle. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that in, in most like single player games. Because, like, when I was yeah. playing Street Fighter back when I was, like, a young child playing at San Diego State, uh, you didn't really, like, I mean, people interacted. Street Fighter is a slightly mm-hmm. different community, but, like, most people kind of stuck with their circles. And yeah. getting added to that circle was near impossible. And not even just, like, communication with different, like, player, like player-to-player like oh my gosh when we do tournaments i don't know if you guys do tournaments but when we do tournaments smash players like sign up the last hour it's like it's crazy bro i don't know why they sign up the last hour it's just a community thing i guess but we get you know we'll have like 40 registrants before like the one hour mark and then the one hour rush and then it's like just 50 people to sign up and i'm like why yeah, like, so I I also work for No Pause Tournaments as their social media manager. Um, they're great friends of mine. If you're in Tri-State, I would highly recommend going to one of their events. Um, they So they have a weekly called Vacation. They have a monthly called Get Off Your Friendlies. And then they were also involved in uh, Glitch. They mm-hmm. helped produce Glitch. Which Jade uh, got third, so... Sick. Yeah, which was pretty, pretty first, funny. First top base, Steve, and right. I was from Apple, people so... people still on and banned? Yeah, he, they, I don't... I don't like that. I think Steve is a very technical player, or yeah. technical ca- character, I think, but... But, yeah. uh... With no pause, I've noticed, uh... People, like, that the whole signing up last-minute thing is so painfully true and so stressful especially when you're like okay we're gonna add more money if we get more entrance right yeah so you're like you know if we break 100 entrance we'll add 50 bucks that's what we and... try to do for our saturday 300 dollar attorney but i think we pushed i think we set the number too high because <laughs> yeah. i think we set a two 200 attendees for like a 50 dollar extra which it's pretty good. Who doesn't want an extra fifty dollars on top of the three hundred, you know? But I think we had around a hundred twenty, hundred thirty total. So it it was a a big push. Didn't work yeah. out, but 
we we but did it's that just, as well. It's that issue of like, especially with an online tournament where you're like, okay, we have 50 people right now. If we break 100, I'll add an extra 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you're you're looking at it, you're like, okay, there's like 10 minutes left. There's no right? way. Yeah, there's no way. And then all of a sudden, like 80 people come in, and you're like, what in the world? Yeah, that's and that is terrible for TOs. That That is terrible for TOs because they have to seed. They have uh, it's it's bad. It's bad. And if people complain that the seeding is bad, it's like I don't know, man. You entered with like two minutes left. (laughs) That's why we end our registration thirty minutes thirty minutes early, so we have time to actually seed correctly and all that. But yeah, I would love it if the Smash community would just be like, you know what, I'm gonna enter the day before instead of five minutes. Yeah. Some games are even worse than Smash registering, though. Like for Slap City tourneys, that we actually have one today on March 5th. But like they all register like 15 minutes before the tourney starts. I'm like, what are yep. you doing, man? Like all of them. I, it's, finding games is very weird because like I'm an FPS guy, right? So in like yeah. Valorant, they all do like a day early and they just know. So um, I don't know. But like, I guess another topic was um, social media. You know, you're talking about um, you wanted to create kind of like a brand for people on social media with the academy team, right? Yeah. You know, our academy team is, you know, some benefits are like, you know, social media, uh, social media exposure for them. You know, that's a very important part in esports. Um, you know, giveaways only for the academy team or seedlings yeah um you know stuff like that so we're not actually full-on sponsoring and we don't have a restriction on people you know you can join a different organization you want you know it doesn't matter to us if you want to join a different org and you're on our academy team because i wouldn't think that is fair since we aren't actually paying stuff for you uh to say um but that's that's the whole thing with like time is money right and if you're investing your time like that for somebody that's not on par with the players that are getting paid like your time should be good enough oh for sure like what you are offering them with your investment in time should help them if they actually work with you yeah if they put in the work to work with us then yeah their social media exposure is gonna explode and and i've talked to Big owners in esports like FaZe Clan, uh, David Chen. I've talked to him. He's like an investor or like owner of FaZe. I know there's like 20 owners or something in FaZe. It's crazy. They were evaluated. They were evaluated at like one billion dollars. They're gonna be in the stock market or stuff like that. They're just other owners, and the owners say even sponsors actually, even sponsors like what they really are looking for are social media numbers. So that could be, you know, we talked to G Fuel, one of their partnership managers. I'm not going to say who, because I, me and him are close, but, um, like, they rejected us, of course, because they yeah. wanted to see uh, concurrent viewers on Twitch um, and all that. You know, we had good players. They said that we had great players and a great community, but we just have to get that concurrent viewership on Twitch or YouTube, you know, just our... Just our like our content scene, basically. So, yeah, I think it's very yeah. important to have a social media presence, even if it's not big, or even if 
you don't want one, I think it's very needed and everyone should start one, even if you're oh, a player yeah. or content creator. I mean, it's crazy too, like how much, if you're a smaller player, how much like a large social media presence can do for you. Yeah. And like if you're, if you're not that good, but you have sick clips on Twitter, you have funny interactions, people are going to eat that up. And big orgs are going to eat that up because big oh, yeah. orgs are also looking at play. Like they would think about it this way. If there's two players with the same skill level, um, and one had a bigger following than someone else, I, I would choose the person with the bigger following. Oh yeah, easily, hands down. So I think a lot of people think that social media is not important, but I think both of us agree that. Oh, dude, I was a social more. media manager in esports for eight years before I started DJB. So like, that's all I know is social media. Yeah, that's where I started too. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually worked for Rogue for a year and a half. Rogue, like the uh, org? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I was, I was their social media manager for a year and a half. Sick. And, like, that's a big brand to work for, and your expectations are, you know, you got to meet them. They're very high. So, uh, like, I bet. For me, for me, because of that experience, my expectations for other people when it comes to social media are also very high. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're lacking is not only graphics. You know, we're always looking for graphics. It's yep. just, uh, graphics are so expensive nowadays. Oh my gosh. But, um, no, social media is very important and anyone watching if you don't have a twitter or even a youtube you know because youtube i think like a year ago even longer probably because i remember getting like some like an announcement about it from youtube but like youtube shorts is in my opinion better than tiktok i don't like tiktok as a social media platform it's too random of an algorithm um but youtube shorts thousands of views basically Oh, yeah. And YouTube is my specialty. That's kind of where I started. So I, I know the algorithms. I'm a mathematical person, statistical person. So you need a YouTube. You need a Twitter. Post clips on Twitter. Uh, it's kind of how I explain social media to people or like to players or like content creators is, you know, di you need a Discord server, right? Because you want to talk to your community uh, like off stream, right? A Twitch to talk to your community on stream. Twitter to talk to, you know, to find new fans, but also just talk about you know, yourself, basically, not yeah. your stream. And then YouTube for your clips off stream. So it, it all kind of ties together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Twitter, Twitter is like, obviously the most important. I'd say YouTube and Twitch are tied at second. Because you can have, you know, a crazy Twitch and no social media following, and it's just not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, Twitch doesn't have an algorithm, so... Yeah. So, like, if you if you have a great Twitter following, and then you start streaming, that'll usually play more into effect. Actually, I've seen that a lot from TikTok. So, people get massive on TikTok, and they're, oh, they're like, they're like, oh, I can start streaming on Twitch, you know? 
And then yeah. they start streaming on Twitch, and all basically all those TikTok people go to their Twitch stream whenever they're streaming, and they just blow up, yeah. make partner easily. I'm like, dang. But yeah, I just I always just worry about the longevity of TikTok, because like if if TikTok dies, right, we don't have a replacement for that. Yeah, we had. Technically, musically before, but well, that, before that, it was Vine. Before that, even yeah, that's Vine, yeah. Yeah. But rip Vine, dude. Rip Vine. That's. Um, I think. I think the last topic, very important. Uh, people that have made it to the end of the podcast. Um. God bless you, because we're like an hour in. <laughs> oh, don't even notice. Yeah, we're 56 minutes in. That's crazy. Um, like, people don't know. It's kind of ties into, like, talking to sponsors, but there are do's and don'ts of getting recruited. Yeah. Okay, so I'm um, going to I'm gonna come off like you, an asshole. If you want to go man. your side of, like, if you want to, like, uh, advertise how to get recruited on your side. I don't know. We probably do it differently, Apple and DJP. But if you want to say your part, and I'll say my part, and then. Uh, so go. I'm gonna go. I'm not just gonna do what DJP does. I'm gonna go off of my ten years experience in this industry. Sure, and I will say my three slash four years. So yeah. well, we're getting so, halfway. So when I was working social media, one of the more common things was people. Asking to like, like one of the big things was like, oh, do you need a Call of Duty team for Vegas or do you need a Halo team for Raleigh? And it's like, that's not that's not how you start a message. No. Like the first thing you want to do is introduce yourself, say what your tag is, your name, you know, what game you play, and then like share your results. Mm-hmm. If you don't have results, then you're not gonna bother. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's the same thing with streamers too. Like when when people when streamers contact you and they're like, "Hey, I want to stream for your organization," and they don't give you like a Twitch tracker or like Soli Gnome or anything like that, they don't even give you a link, and you're just like, "Okay, so now I gotta click on your profile, find your Twitch, go do the research myself, and now I'm seeing that you stream maybe twice a month. Like you're just wasting my time. You're wasting your time. I'm gonna feel like a dick by saying like, "Hey, I'm sorry, but." We don't need you on the team. You don't fit our brand. Like, best of luck to you in the future, though. Like, like and I do. Like, when I say when I say best of luck, I mean it. I want them to succeed. But like, mm-hmm. it's frustrating getting so many messages from people that are just like, I don't do much. I'm new to this, but I want a team. And it's like, okay, but why? Like, why do you want a team? And why should we be that team? Like, what do we benefit from this? What? So if you're one of those people. Just please, just yeah. don't. Like, what makes you different to other yeah. people that are dealing us about the same exact thing? And then, uh, I think my my biggest gripe, and it's it's probably the funniest one, is when people argue with you oh about my. like I have <laughs> I get people all the time DMing me you know, Apple Sports Twitter, and they're like, uh, it's. The arguing is probably the most annoying part in DMs. Oh, yeah. It's like they know better than you about your own organization, you know. Yeah. I'm like, eh. Yeah, when when you turn them down and you're like, hey man, I'm sorry, like, you know, it's just not gonna work out. And they're like, 
oh, you just, you got to believe in me. You got to trust me. And it's like, I, I can't, I'm sorry. I don't know you. I can't trust you. And like, oh, you know, your team's going to die if you don't have me. And it's like, all right, man, calm down, you know, go outside for a second, take a deep breath. I understand it's frustrating being rejected, but like, this isn't how you approach things. Yeah. I mean, I've been rejected from jobs. You know, I've been rejected from, you know, even when I was like trying to be a, a professional player, I got turned down. Mostly because the games. Yeah, mostly because the games I was playing were terrible. But like, you know, and it made sense when people were like, hey, sorry, we're not interested. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, I've just I'm shooting my shot. You know, I'm 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 sorry for wasting your time. And then I move on. But like nowadays, I don't know if it's because esports is so much bigger, but people are just like, oh, you don't want me? Then you go fuck yourself. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just find someone that's exactly your same skill level. There's tons of people in esports now. Yeah. It's very oversaturated. I think that it doesn't hurt to ask, though. No. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? If you're respectful, what? You're going to maybe, one, make a contact. You never know. Two, you're just gonna get rejected, sure, but you know, that's it's whatever, right? You're gonna get rejected. But with Apple, let me think. I think if you get rejected though, like it's not gonna kill you to ask for advice. Exactly. Or like if you get rejected, ask why. You know, like if they're like, Hey, sorry, you know, we're just not interested and you go, Okay, that's fair, you know, if you don't mind me asking why am I not fit? And then if they, you know, if they're courteous and they'll explain it to you, I know I'll explain it to you because like, I mean, if you're, if you're genuinely asking, there's no reason for me to turn that down. That would just be rude of me. Um, and you know, then I just, I mean, it's obviously it's up to the person, but you know, you want to take, you usually want to take that advice. Yeah. If you don't, then that's on you. Yeah. Oh, but like with Apple, like we have like the application system, right? And, uh, you know, applications kind of got it from like a real job perspective. You, know, you have to apply to like even be thought about. Of course, we recruit some players, but it, it's not very often. It's only like those top players like Syrup or, you know, whoever. But um, like, like I said before, we have like 80 applications or something. And people are DMing me all the time about like, oh, when are, when am I going to get an answer or, you know, um, anything like that. And Oh, yeah, we have that too. And I, I, just, I just tell them, I'm like, man, we, we can't answer everyone. We're not going to tell these 78 people, we can say, right? 78 people, oh, sorry, we can't join or you can't join because of blah, blah, blah. Like, we don't have that time. You have yeah. to DM seventy eight people. No, I'm sorry, yeah. you can't. You were not. And then you have to. You have to go through every application, find out specifically why you're not recruiting them, and go to their Twitter, tell them specifically why, and do that another seventy seven times. Or even Discord. Like, yeah. some of the people don't even give any any way to contact them. You know, and then I'm like, they're DMing me. I'm like, bro, I don't even have a way to contact you. How am I supposed to DM you? No or yes or whatever. But I think people have to be more patient nowadays. I think people want answers too quickly 
and they might be younger, like 13, 14, 15, whatever, but... Oh, yeah. Like, we pick up young players, you know? We have... Yeah, somebody has to. Exactly. So, we are picking up, you know, those players that we think years from now are going to be the new faces of Smash or whatever game. Um... No, but definitely, I think the biggest thing is just being polite to uh, whoever you're talking to on social media. Because you say one stupid thing on social media, and Oregon's not going to watch. Oh, yeah. Like, you say Uh, something controversial, it's over. I think that while you're waiting for a response, spend that time to improve on whatever it is you're doing. Exactly. Don't just keep doing what you're doing and hoping like that's good enough. You should always keep trying to get better. Because yep. that way, like, if I say it takes me three weeks to look at your application, right? And you're a streamer. And I see in those three weeks that your viewership has gone up, your Twitter analytics have gone up. That will give me more of a reason to want to talk to you. But if things are, you know, slowing down or they're just staying the same, I'm probably not going to want to take the oh, excuse me, take the time out of my day. Yeah. No, because you, you never know when they're actually going to see your application, right? So yeah. you should be doing your best every single day. So, you know, if they look at your, so like, like, let's, let's see an example. Like, for example, if you submit your application on like a Monday, right? You should be working hard. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and even the next week if it takes that long. Yeah. Because when they look at your application, they should see something great or something that catches their eye. So they can make, you know, you'll look not only unique, but you would actually look like worth it to them to pick up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Any. I think that's basically it. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about social media, recruitment, um, making it work, uh, sponsors. Everything that generation that e- has to do with, with ownership. And esports, yeah, basically. Yeah. That's it was a good one. Yeah. Any 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 last comments uh, to anyone that's listening or watching the podcast on youtube i think this is going to be on spotify as well maybe other platforms but any last comments get involved in esports if you want to make money do it because you enjoy the game that you play and you want to keep competing that is beautiful i couldn't say that better than myself i have a very large issue with people that are like oh i'm gonna play valorant because there's fat prize pools and it's like okay but do you like valorant or do you just want the pride and the fame like if you don't enjoy the game don't waste your time that's even the same for smash right oh yeah like as owners both of us because we both have smash players like i don't think we got into smash because there's money there's there is not a lot of money in smash i'm telling you right now but no we like we we want to grow our orgs grow the organization uh and the community in smash as much as possible i think we both enjoy not only the game smash but the people in smash and the community but yeah oh yeah 
All right. I think that's uh that's, that's the that's end. A solid, solid hour long conversation. Hour and eight minutes. Uh, well, I appreciate everyone watching the first episode of the podcast, Flavor of Apple. Um, I appreciate What's today's flavor. Uh, today, oh, wow! I think today's flavor is blueberry because it's looking like a blue apple in the background. So, blueberry. Yes. What right, about you? Enough. What is your favorite fruit? My favorite fruit. Yeah. Uh, There's only one uh, right answer, so. I mean, I'm a big fan of like Fuji apples. All right, those are those Good. are pretty baller. They're I can never remember the name of it, but when I worked at a grocery store, we got these like special apples in that were just so good and so sweet, and I can never remember the name of them, and it's always gonna frustrate me. So you're like a red apple guy. You're not a green apple guy. Um, it depends on the day. Depends. All right, I see. I, but yeah, preferably red apple. Okay, I think I am the same. I don't really like the sour green, but some days I'm like, I, I like sour grapes, but I don't care for sour apples. Grapes are not my favorite, but um, I think that is all for today. Podcast record on March fifth. We'll see you guys in uh, around a week. We'll have someone else on the podcast. It's gonna be very interesting i don't know who i'm not gonna spoil anyone all i'm gonna say is since you guys are at the end of the podcast djb and apple might be doing something we're talking we're seeing but talking we're, we're doing stuff you know behind the scenes we're always a talking a little bit of dancing yeah you guys got a special treat since you guys are at the the end of the podcast but um appreciate everyone wa- uh listening and or watching on youtube uh love you all um uh, EPL plays out, I assume me, and peace out, y'all.